Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 234, and today we're going to be talking about two pretty hot topics. Number one is product selection. Everyone wants to know more about product selection, including myself. And then growing your business on and off of Amazon, that we all want to know more about, right? So I've invited on a guest that's no stranger to selling physical products online. He's actually someone who's doing $10 million in revenue per year, uh, and he's doing it all with physical products. His name is Chad Rubin, and I invited him on to discuss these two different topics. Because who wouldn't want to ask someone that's doing $10 million in revenue per year, like, what would you do today to pick products? Like, what is your, I guess, what is your philosophy or what is your strategy? Like, let's 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 hear what he has to say, right? So that's what I wanted to do. So now you're going to be able to hear our conversation, which is pretty cool, right? That's why I love this podcast. And then the other part is like, you know, he's a lot further ahead than a lot of us as far as like growing your business on all of these multi-channels. And he's going to break that down for us as well. And he's got a couple that are pretty easy to actually get your product listed on. And one of them's brand new. It hasn't been out there that long. And he's going to talk about that on today's show. So really excited to have Chad on the show. Now, before we jump in, there's a couple things I want to do. The first thing is, of course, I need to say thank you so much for being listeners. You guys are awesome. And all of the emails, the blog comments and iTunes reviews, all of that stuff that I keep reading are just really, really inspiring to me. And I, I want to just thank you once again. Um, I did want to go over to iTunes real quick and read one of those reviews. I haven't done this in a long time and I felt like I need to give some iTunes love and uh, hopefully you guys will go over there and leave a review when you get time and uh, that would be awesome as well. Just go on out there and leave an iTunes review. Obviously, give me an honest review just like you would if you were on Amazon, but let me just read this one real quick and uh, again, this is kind of why I do what I do. I love reading these and and hearing the feedback and that I'm actually making an, an impact, which is really what I think we're all here to do in some way. All right, so uh, the title was Genuine Guy, Great Actionable Info, Hashtag Take Action, Five Stars. Love it. So um, the person here, and the name is Blog, B-L-A-W-E-G. I believe that's how you pronounce it. So here's what the review said. Hey, Scott, just a quick word of thanks for putting your experiences, your successes and failures out there for all of us to grow by. Those of us who want to grow. <laughs> I like the fact that you are down to earth and share some, but not too much about your personal life. You're a real human being. I really like real people. And I appreciate that you provide very practical practical and actionable info about the PL model of FBA. Some compare you to Jim Cockrum. That's a compliment in my book, Smiley Face. Hashtag just start. Hashtag take action. So obviously, that person has been listening to the show. So awesome. So thank you so much for that. And I really, really do appreciate it. And if you guys could do me a small favor and leave an honest review on iTunes for me, that would be amazing. So thank you so much. One last little bit here before we jump into this amazing interview that I just did with Chad, uh, I wanted to remind you about our upcoming workshop. All right. Now you can register by heading over to the amazing forward slash workshop. And the date that we'll be doing it will be there. Okay. So they're going to be always changing, but go there now and you'll see the next upcoming date and you can register for that. For those of you that don't know, I break down the five phases in this workshop for picking a product, 
for sourcing a product, for going through a, a pre-launch, going through a launch, and then doing some promotions after the fact. We break that all down and we do some live Q&A. And I just love hanging out with like-minded people that like talking about this business model. So if you want to join me on one of those upcoming workshops, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. All right. So guys, that's it. I've rambled long enough here. I'm excited for you guys to hear this awesome, amazing interview I did with Chad Rubin. Enjoy. Well, hey, Chad, thank you so much for coming on the TAS podcast. What's going on, man? Thank you for having me. A lot's going on. A lot's going on in your world. I know you're uh, you're uh, quite a busy guy, quite a busy guy, but I I love it. And I love talking to all different uh, Amazon sellers. And you've been at this for quite a long time and you've grown it into a pretty sizable company, but it didn't all start that way. And that's really what I want to dig in today is kind of, you know, you've grown this thing. Like I look at it and I'm like, wow, this is this massive business, but you didn't start that way. And that's why I, I kind of want to bring people kind of back a little bit without going through all of the details. And I'm sure people mm-hmm. can find out all the details on other interviews or whatever that you've been on. But I did want to talk a lot about product selection and stuff because I think that's one of the big things that my audience is struggling with and struggles with. And I think a lot of people do, whether you're selling on Amazon or not. Um, so give us a little bit of your backstory, Chad. So the quick backstory, I was on Wall Street. I covered internet stocks. I got laid off. And my parents had a vacuum store, a retail store that was going out of business. Uh, while I was on the street, I put their products on Amazon, but also uh, with their own storefront, which was on Volusion. Uh, and when they ran out of that product through the bankruptcy process, I actually created a direct consumer vacuum filter company. This is in 2008, uh, 2009, and have created a, a pretty large e-commerce presence. Uh, we do about 10 million in revenue a year. Uh, and then I started a software company to support my business. And I'm sure we'll dig into that, but that's really my, my background is I built a direct consumer home appliance parts company on Amazon and along with 15 other channels that I sell on today. Yeah, no, and I think it's uh, it's pretty cool because uh, you know some people think you have to come out with this like really like shiny product, right? Something that is just it, it looks amazing and it's just it's it's going to just you know just wow people, right? And we're talking about filters, right? <laughs> Something that's yeah, uh, you know put into a vacuum, <laughs> not very sexy, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But there's a huge market for it, and uh, and you kind of found that and you exposed that. So that's really, I think, what I want to dig in here today because I think that you can bring some some uh, really good insights and it's kind of like what you've seen happen and kind of like what you see happening moving forward and uh, and people riding trends and stuff like that. So what would you say to someone coming up to you and maybe a good friend of yours and saying, Chad, I really love what you've built here. How do I get started in this process, uh, you know, with finding a product or starting a business, uh, whether it's starting on Amazon or starting your own e-commerce? Like, what would you tell that person? I would tell that person to solve a problem. So don't just come up with an idea, but come up with an idea that solves a specific pain point that you're going to scratch. And I think that's where a lot of Amazon sellers go wrong today is they go to Alibaba, they get the latest spatula. And like <laughs> right. Amazon just does not need another spatula on its platform. No, that's, I would say, that's true. I would also say go after what you love, right? Go after something that you know about already. So like I have a good friend, he's a car mechanic. And I was like, dude, this is a great industry to get into. Like what's the most replaceable thing that's on the car or what's something that you can improve on that solves a major problem? I like it. I like that a lot. 
Uh, and, and I'm again, I, I you just came out with a book, which we'll talk about, too. And I, I read through, um, you know, all of the book, all of the all of the main topics and everything that you cover. And it really it really called out to me because I, I believe that. Right. It's like, you know, if you can find a product that solves a problem and usually we're going to want to try to solve our own problems. Uh, if you can find that product, there's probably other people that have that same problem that you could potentially solve. And that's what you've done. And I, I, I love it. The auto, the automotive industry, like you said, there's, there's definitely, you know, replaceable stuff there as well. Now, do you only look at stuff that can, that has to be replaced or would, if you found something that made sense, would you sell something that was a one-off sale? I do a lot of stuff that does need to be replaced as well. Uh, but I really focus on innovation, like, because look in 2008, 2009, like the Amazon private label game was a lot different. Mm -hmm. And now we are in an environment where really the only, only the strong will survive. Like everyone's topping everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's super, super important to try to solve problems, not just replacement products, but also just solving. Like if you go on Amazon today and you find a product, you're going to look at, everyone looks at how many product reviews somebody has but a lot of sellers don't look at all the negative reviews. Mm. And I read negative reviews all day long to find out what is going on with the product and how can I make it better and how can I create my product listings that sort of leverage that those negatives and turn them into positives. Okay. Okay. I, I like that. Now let's go back to your story like a little bit in the beginning. Like, so what made you say to yourself, I'm going to go ahead and launch, you know, vacuum filters. Like what, so, ma well, what made you think? Yeah. That? So my, my parents had a vacuum store right. and they were just resellers. And okay. I started I started playing this game of reselling. Uh, and it was kind of like musical chairs. Like I would just get swapped out of the buy box every so often, only winning 20% share. And I also asked myself, why do I have to buy this product for 20 and sell it for 24? Mm. It didn't make a lot of sense. It was just plastic and paper. Mm. And so I was like, there has to be a better way. I need to do it better, faster, and go direct to consumer. And I, so I, I mean, just recently I was on another podcast and they were like, you know, they, they called the title of it, the, the godfather of private label. Mm -hmm. Now I've, I've been called a lot of things. I haven't been called that one yet. Uh, <laughs> but I, I thought it was a really funny way to, to phrase it. Like I really started this from my couch on the upper West side of New York with one product. And now we have 2,200 product listings on Amazon today. Man, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. And that's, that's a lot to take in, in in itself. I mean, that's a lot to manage, um, and, and all that, but again, you know, thinking about the, you know, where you started, but then also where people are starting. And that's why when people think of 2200 SKUs, they're like, I can't even imagine that. Right. Uh, you mm -hmm. got to start with one. Um, the one thing I can see that I'm looking at from, you know, the outside looking in at your situation and kind of where you went is, and maybe I'm wrong, but let me know if I am. But like you're being able to take like, let's say Dyson, that brand name, and you can make an, a, a generic brand or an off brand that fits that model. And then I can capitalize on that brand name. Is that something that you thought about or is that just something that happened? Well, we started making replacement filters to fit brand names. Right. So with Dyson, for example, uh, they don't have any vacuum bags, but they have two filters in the machines. Mm -hmm. And so we just, we, we make things to fit replacement items, but we, we've moved into a lot of unique items like aromatherapy mm. or, uh, I don't know, uh, keyboard pedals for if, if you have a, a Yamaha keyboard. Mm -hmm. So like we've done a lot of other interesting things outside of the vacuum space, but it all started right. with vacuum, with one vacuum filter. 
Would you say to someone, though, if they could find that problem that they're having with a name brand item to create their own better replacement part, would that be, you think that'd be an advantage? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the I think the replacement parts is is a good business. There's tons of copycats now. Like, mm. there's tons of people that are going on Alibaba buying this stuff. So, mm. like, if you were if I was talking to you as a friend, which you are, I would say I if I were if I were to do it today, I wouldn't do vacuum filters, right? Because well, that well, space is yeah. commoditized yeah. like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I've moved into a lot of higher value products that have tooling that rec- that are, sort of allow me to have a de- defensive position to be in okay. to protect me from all the the Chinese sellers and the copycat sellers that are out there. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I can imagine, I mean, even yourself with having your products, like what, what does a typical vacuum filter cost? Like, is it, I mean, not, not to make, but to sell. To sell, I mean, I, I, it's, again, it's been commoditized. Like now okay. price, like some people are making two cents a filter when oh, they sell geez. it online. Yeah, wow. It's just outrageous. Well, and, but, and uh, I could think that, that you know, it'd be easy to hijack a listing too is what I, what I was kind of moving towards. Totally, I mean, totally. But average selling price is somewhere between 7 to $14 or so. And do you, do you uh, have to battle hijackers on a regular basis? I mean, we always have people coming into our listing, hijacking it. I have a legal department that handles all of that. We've, we've grown accustomed to having to deal with this. Okay. So it's, it's not really, that's not like, that doesn't keep me up at night anymore. Right, right. I got you. You took care of that. Um, okay. So, and, and I'm looking at one of the sections in your book right now, and it says, take a look at your life, jot down five things that piss you off. There's a decent chance they piss off others as well. I love that. Um, so moving forward with that. So where would people, where would people start just to jot down up? Like you said, there, just jot down things that, that upset you or that upset maybe your, your, maybe your parents or maybe your friends, or do you go ahead and ask people? I mean, where do you, where else can you go to come up with ideas other than internally? Well, first of all, I think a lot of my ideas come from like, I'll, I'll walk around life throughout my entire life or throughout the day and be like, why the hell does that, why did that have to happen? Right. It doesn't have to be that way. Right, right, right. Or if you go on Reddit and you you're in, you're a hobby enthusiast of whatever of drone planes, and you're going, you need to find a certain part or you need to find something on Reddit. Like, there's all these places to discover sort of all these problems that people are looking to get solved. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think we're living through a really interesting period of time. And I talk about this in my book, where there's a whole bevy of companies that are going direct to consumer. Right. Mm-hmm. You look at not only Crucial Vacuum, which is my business. But you look at Casper for mattresses, mm-hmm. or you look at Parachute for bedding, or you look at Movement Watches for watches. There's all these industries that are disrupting legacy incumbents, and now is the time to do it because now we have this new thing called the internet that allows us to change and disrupt industries that have been just stagnant for decades mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. So first, you got to solve the problem. Like Casper came out with a better mattress, Bonobos came out with a better. Uh, fitting pens. Dollar Shave Club came out with a better but also cheaper direct blade. So like there's all these markets that you can disrupt. You just have to actually like think, take time out, take some headspace and think about what's happening across your life and across your business that you'd want to change. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that's some really great advice. Uh, again, you know, kind of going back to your book, you know, you have like the recipe for e-commerce success, because I think what we should think about here too, I want to dig into that a little bit is, you know, e-commerce has been around for, for quite a while, right? Amazon, you know, it's been around for a while, but, but really e-commerce is, is kind of been out there since the beginning almost. Right. So with that being said, do you see e-commerce itself 
like going away or, or, you know, where do you see e-commerce moving forward? Cause I get a lot of people that say, well, Amazon, you know, is here today, but it could be gone tomorrow, which is true. And that's why people don't, you know, they shouldn't really build all of their, you know, their, uh, you know, their business on one platform. And I'm sure you agree, but what would you kind of go, I, I guess, like, what would be your advice for, for someone like, what is the recipe for e-commerce mm-hmm. success in, in your, in your opinion and in, well, in, in your experience? Yeah, so I think there's there's, that's, there's a lot of answers to that question. So the first piece is I, I think starting on Amazon is great, but not finishing on Amazon is even better. Great, I love that. So you got to build a brand, not just a private label business. And yep. I don't even look at selling on Amazon as a business. I look at it as a channel. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at Amazon. It's a great channel to sell on of distribution. Sure. But I also believe in creating your own website, whether it's through Shopify or BigCommerce or Magento. I also believe in selling on Walmart. Right. Walmart just actually announced in their quarterly earnings that they're investing a billion dollars into their marketplace business or e-commerce business. And they've aligned their CTO under the e-commerce director. Hmm. So there's this kind of Amazonification that's happening on e-commerce today, which is like these sites, Best Buy or Walmart, Newegg, they're all creating marketplaces and, and opening it up to create more selection, better prices through the competition. Uh, with their marketplace sellers. Mm-hmm. So I don't think e-commerce is going away at all. In fact, I think it's actually growing in, 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 in share. Uh, but I do think selling on Amazon is great. I have nothing against Amazon, but I do believe selling off Amazon and building a brand is far better than just selling on an, on one channel. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. And I think, I mean, someone just had said the other day, they're doing really well too. I mean, they're doing like 400000 a month in revenue, um, fair, fairly new business, but most of it is on Amazon. And they said it's really, it's it, they know what they have to do, but it's so hard when you're on the Amazon crack, he called it. It's like, it's just, it, once you, if you hit you know, like a vein or if you hit like a, a gold streak, it's really hard to want to focus somewhere else because it's going to take a lot more work to get that other channel going possibly. Um, so what would you say to that person? I'm just curious. Yeah. I, people say it all the time. Look, it does take a lot of work to build a business. Just by the way, your valuation multiple, if you're looking to sell this, if you're looking to sell your business is far higher when you're actually cross and like diversify across a lot of channels. That's a good point. But like Scott, if I asked you today, would you ever invest in a stock that had one customer? Mm. Like, would you ever put your life savings into one customer? Yeah, right. Into a stock with one customer? No. Yeah, right. So why would you actually create a business where Amazon is your one customer and that's it? Mm. It's a good point. So yeah, I think it's a super, super important point. And like, honestly, building a shopping cart is like not hard anymore. No, right. No, Shopify's made it pretty easy. Yeah, exactly. Putting your products on product listing ads isn't hard. It's actually super, super easy. Adding your products to Walmart It'll take you, depending on how many SKUs you have, it, it could take you a day, it could take you two days, you can outsource it, but like you have to be diversified, especially in this environment, and I do believe in building a stronger brand across many different channels. What's the process, real curious to kind of go off a little bit, what's the process to getting your product listed on, on Walmart? Actually, Walmart just launched their new, oh, they uh, okay. their new interface. Mm-hmm. So it's actually just like Seller Central. In fact, it actually looks a lot prettier. Really? So to, to get onto Walmart, I mean, Scubana, which is the software I created, already allows you to get onto Walmart, but you just have to fill out a form and you can get onto their platform. They're looking for sellers today. 
Wow. Okay, cool. All right. That's awesome. Uh, cool, cool uh, tip there. Uh, going back to, uh, the, the recipe. And I, I'm, again, I'm looking at your bullet points here. Uh, you say to keep it simple and go for low hanging fruit. Maybe we can expound on that a little bit. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people are, they want to create the next Facebook or the next Twitter and be the next billion dollar company. But mm. for me, I prefer base hits. So after, and in my book, I talk about this, right? You discover the problem. Once you discover the problem, then you validate your idea. And so I talk about different tools that I use to make sure that I'm actually not going to lose capital or time or even hair, mm. for that matter. It's very, very important to me. Why don't you so, give us one of, those, one of those ways that you would validate? Sure. So, I mean, the first one is I validate using Amazon's database, mm -hmm. right? And so I look at all the problems. I think I mentioned this. I look at listings, mm -hmm. and I look at product listings, and I look at all the negative reviews. Okay. Um, the next thing I do is I use another free tool called Terapeak. Mm -hmm. yep. So Amazon is great because 40% of product searches happen on Amazon, which means 60% happen off Amazon. Right. So the other tool I use is Terapeak to research uh, eBay because, believe it or not, people still do shop on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I use Google Keyword Planner tool to also just make sure that I'm going up the right path mm -hmm. with the product that I'm like, make, if people are searching it and searching these problems, okay, other people have the same thing that they're searching, great, I'm going to move into that product. So now I'm like literally using data points on the internet to validate before I invest thousands of dollars into a product. Mm, no, I, that's, that's great advice. Uh, Terapeak, I, I've actually used that years ago when I was selling on eBay. Uh, I was selling uh, a few items just kind of dabbling in it, and I was using Terapeak to do exactly that, is to kind of uh, see products that were trending, see you know, products, that, you know, the sales. So that's been around for, for quite, a while, quite a while. It's a pretty, pretty cool little tool. Yeah, and I have nothing to do with the tool. You know, it's, it's you can do it. You can use it for free. They have a free trial. But like the eBay customer is very different from yes. an Amazon customer. Yes, I agree with right? that too. On Amazon, it's like A plus content will will get you, you know, will help you win. On eBay, it's F plus content will help you win. Right? The cheaper the listing, the the better it'll sell. So I try to hit across many different 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 dem demographics to make sure that I'm putting my capital in the right place when I'm investing into a product. Yeah. No, that's uh, that that's really uh, that's really good. Uh, again, skimming through your book here as we're talking here, because I wanted to hit a lot of these points, especially in the product research stuff. It's funny. I'm looking at one of your screenshots in the book, and you've got Death Wish Ground Coffee. I don't know if you if you noticed that. Um, they actually that's a local company. Um, actually, where I used to live in New York, it was about maybe 30 minutes from where I. Uh, where I lived and they started their company right there. They actually got a, uh, they won the spot for the, uh, the, uh, NFL, the, uh, Super Bowl. They yeah, won that yeah. free shot. Yeah. So, uh, it was just so funny. Scott, that, yeah. I was just at their, so they're, they're a customer of Stubana. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was just at their operation, uh, right north of Albany. Yes. That's where I'm from. That's where I'm originally oh, from. Yeah. I'm, I'm just outside of Albany. I was out of, uh, Saratoga Springs, um, they're, they're actually in uh, a Clifton Park area, or it's also uh, could have been Boston Lake, could have been Malta in that area. But uh, yeah, that, that's where they're from. That's where their home base is. So it's, it's, that's pretty funny. I seen that. I seen the skull and crossbones for the coffee. And that was in all of our local stores around the Super Bowl because they thought it was going to be you know, like a big, huge thing. And the commercial was cool. But uh, that's funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just noticed that. Um, okay. And so they are massive. They are, they're, first of all, really cool brands. Yeah. Uh, Michael is the owner, and, and they're, they're fantastic, and we, we've been solving a lot of their complex issues. So they sell on numerous channels, but they also have numerous warehouses 
right? And so we've we've essentially got their operation in one place now with Scubana. That's awesome. That's such a small yeah. world. That is so. It is cool. a small world. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, okay, so um, I'm just again going going through some of these. I guess I want to really drill down for people that are just getting started because it can seem like this enormous thing that they have to go. Now we're talking about different channels and all of this stuff. But you even said, I mean, you would still start on Amazon when once you get your product, but then how soon after would you launch on those other platforms or would you do it immediately? I would do them both simultaneously. It depends on how many products you're launching. But like I when I started right out of the gate, I immediately had my own shopping cart. I immediately was on Amazon. I then my next logical step was eBay. If I was to do it today, I would probably start on Amazon, get it up and running. Mm-hmm. Obviously with reviews and get my listings optimized. I would do Shopify, I would do video testimonials on my own site, create cool content from my own site, but I would also get it on Walmart and Jet, and I would, then I would move internationally. So like, I'm, just a, I'm just a very fast mover, and I work extremely hard, but that's part of building a business. You need to actually put in the hours to, to make it work. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay, and then as far as... Again, thinking, okay, let's say that we have an idea for a product that's going to solve this problem. And, and hopefully, I mean, you even have in your book too, that, you know, you, you, you would like them to be passionate about it, but if you're not, you're not, but let's just say that you are right. Is it, is it important to know that I can have future products to be sold to this customer? Like, what's your opinion on that? I think if you're going after your first product, First of all, when you're building a brand, whether it's on Amazon and off Amazon, you want to p- pick a brand that's actually not going to pigeonhole you into one small niche. Sure. So like I made a mistake, just this is a nugget for, for the audience, is I picked a company named Crucial Vacuum, not realizing that I was going to disrupt the industry very quickly and grow out of vacuums. Yeah, yeah. Right? So then I had to create another sub-brand called Crucial Air, right? And then another sub-brand called Crucial Coffee. So A, make sure you're picking a brand that goes cross many different categories and you can use as you expand and grow. Okay. Okay. Well, and again, I, I think that, so what you're saying then is, would you have something that was a very generic one that could sell automotive filters, coffee filters, vacuum filters? Is that how you would have did it if you were to start over? For sure. Yeah. I would have picked a broad brand that can cover many different categories on Amazon because you never know where you're going to be, right? You may start on vacuums, but you may be somewhere else. You may start in cars, but you may end up doing air fresheners for cars, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever sticks. So I think that's that's a good place to start when you're and make sure you're building a like a true brand where you're actually paying attention to your content that you put into your listings. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to go on Amazon and just copy the the next uh, company that's bestseller on Amazon and just copy that that text. Right. Right. Yeah, of course, of course. And and then again, I think that comes down to understanding your market, going through those those reviews, like you said. I think both the the positive and the negative, right? You, I mean, by hearing what people are raving about, well, that tells you what they're excited about, and that can help you craft that message, um, whether it's on Amazon or off of Amazon. I think th- those are, uh, you know, some pretty good pieces of information that we could pay attention to. For sure. You know? Um, and, and I think a lot of people look at like, okay, how many reviews does this have, right? I want, I want more reviews than my nearest mm. competitor. But nobody is really taking time to understand, and this takes time, right? Understanding your customer narrative. What are people saying about your competitor's products? And how do you actually put that into your keywords, maybe even into your photos to negate those negatives? Because mm-hmm. they're not negating those negatives. And yeah. I, I go through people's listings all the time, and it, it comes up in every single listing that I, that I pour into. 
Right. So, I mean, let's dig into that a little bit. So you're talking like if you have a picture uh, and well, let's just say you have a bullet point that kind of talks about a benefit or a feature that your product helps solve. But yet you have competition that or, you know, competitors that their product actually has this one flaw that you've seen that they were getting or other manufacturers are getting. But yours doesn't have that. So you kind of show that, uh, you know, that comparison side by side in an image. Is that how you would you would translate that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people post images, and I think like one company I think that does it really well is a A N K E R Anchor. Okay, they're probably the number two biggest seller on Amazon, and so they have photos with their differentiators in the photos. Oh, okay. And they make really beautiful photos that really point out, oh, this is a faster charging time. This is very lightweight. This is compact. Gotcha. Uh, this fits every device, and so sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words. Mm. That's true. And, yeah. And so I think a lot of people are just throwing up photos, finding somebody on Fiverr to do it, but you really should be taking time to, to invest in your, in your photos that you're creating with differentiators. Yeah. No, that's great. Great point. Now, as far as like, you know, if we're going to go after that low hanging fruit, like you're talking about and not like reinventing the wheel with very, you know, I guess little customization as you can, because it's going to cost you once you start retooling and stuff like that, that's going to cost you some money to do that, to, to invest in that stuff. What would you say then? Would you say going to Alibaba or, or any of those other, uh, you know, sites that ha- like, is that where you would start to go to try to find a manufacturer and then negotiate kind of like what you can tweak and what you can't, is that how you would go through that? process? Yeah. So I would find a comparable product on Alibaba and there's a lot of noise on Alibaba right now. There's trading companies that are middlemen that want a piece of the cut. And my focus, especially in my book is going direct to consumer as close as I can to the factory. So I would actually probably go through Alibaba and document all the similar products that are comparable to what I want to make. Let's just say I want to make the lightest weight backpack in the world. Sure. Okay. So I would find backpacks and then I would start talking to these factories and first find out that they are a factory, right? I want to make sure right. that they have their own operational process. And this takes time. So I would probably go on Skype with them. I would ask them to give me a Skype video tour of their factory. Okay. I would probably ask them who else they manufacture for. And so if they tell me who they make, who they manufacture for, that tells me who the company is, right? Maybe there's no loyalty, Right, and right. it, may, it may, may divert me from wanting to use them because they would, if they're going to share that information, they're going to share it with others of, for me as well when I start working with them. Of course. So I would get a video tour. I would compile a spreadsheet with the, the supplier, with the costs, with the different quality. I would ask them to send me samples. And I would start digging in deeper onto all those companies. And this takes time, of course, you know. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Dig into these factories, see how their English is, see how quickly they want to respond. Samples, and I can't stress enough, getting samples, samples, samples. Like don't just get one sample, get 10. Okay. Which will actually let you see their their uh, quality assurance process. Right, right. Because the one they might have gave you was was really good, then the next one they gave you was was crap. <laughs> right? So yeah, yeah, you want to yeah. see out of like a few different orders how it, how it's coming through consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, a great, then, that's a great point. And when you're ready, I just, I'm trying to drop as much value as yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Audience. Keep going. Yeah, I think once you're ready to make that purchase, they're going to, of course, tell you their minimum order quantity, their MOQ is Mm 10,000. Well, of course, they want you to buy as much as possible. And this I look at his MOQ as a negotiating point. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, well, you say 10,000, I say 100. Right. (laughs) And then we kind of find our way in the middle, like start low. You can always go up, but you can't go back down. Right, right. That's a good point. That's a good point. You got to care about the price that you're buying, the quality 
but also the lead time, how long it's going to take them to actually turn around the product. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's really good. That's really good. So, uh, so, and then once you, once you kind of uh, negotiate back and forth, back and forth, then it's really, you know, getting that first order and, and kind of seeing how things go. And I think everyone should know there's always a risk, right? I mean, we're, we're hoping that, that, uh, you know, it's going to be what we, what we uh, set out to deliver, but you know, you just never know. And that's where that relationship comes in, I think. And I've always talked about this. It's like anything in business, right? It's like a business partner in a sense, because they're working on your behalf, you know? For sure. Yeah. They're a partner, not just a vendor. Absolutely. Um, so, okay, let's, let's move a little bit further ahead now for anyone that's, that is listening to this, that is scaling that business and, uh, you know, or scaling their business and they're, they're at a level now where, you know, they're starting to have some, some struggles, some growing pains, uh, you know, from, from growing, um, maybe you could give us maybe some mistakes or maybe some things that you've learned through this process and how you've kind of, uh, you know, I guess, uh, figured out how to, how to manage a larger scale business now that you have grown. I would say a big rookie mistake that I made early on was trying to have my own warehouse. Okay. So my core competency on the, is on the marketing side is building a brand mm-hmm. and sourcing product and coming up with ideas, those oh shit moments. Mm-hmm. But my core competency isn't, isn't managing low level warehouse employees to pick and pack. Mm-hmm. So it came a point where I had 15 warehouse employees I was almost diabetic, so I was pre-diabetic. Oh, jeez. And my wife is like, babe, you need to do something. Like, you're gaining weight. You can't sustain this business. You're growing, like, at a crazy clip. Like, get rid of this warehouse and outsource it to a third-party logistics company. Mm-hmm. And it, I was scared. I was so scared, Scott. Like, I was nervous because I was like, wait, what if it doesn't work out? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Like, is my profit going to decrease? And it was the best move I made. Mm-hmm. Right? I automated my entire pick and pack operation to a third party logistics company in New Jersey. And I'm happy to make introductions if anybody wants to email me sure. on, this, on this podcast. I'll make personal introductions to them. They changed my life. And now I, I literally focus on building my brand, on marketing, on product sourcing, and let the 3PL do all my pick and pack, all my FBA prep, receive my containers, bingo, bango, bongo. Done. Hmm. Done. That's nice. That's nice. It's funny. I, I've heard a lot of people um, in all kinds of business say that, you know, there's that one moment too, where you're at that point where you got to make that decision because, you know, we all want to grow, but you get to that point that it's just, it's, you're more stressful than ever. So where's the happiness lie in that other than you're growing? Uh, but like you said, you know, that one thing changed your life. It's a pretty big thing, but it was something that in order to grow, you had to figure that, that part out. Um, now, just curious, how does that work? Like, so all of your orders on Amazon, are they fulfilled technically by, so do you have inventory into Amazon or does yours, are your merchant fulfilled that you fulfill out to your third party? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So I have a software that we built called Stubana that I built around my own problems, but I've opened it up to many medium to large volume merchants out there. So my process is that we have a unified platform that allows you to run your business any way you want to run it. So for me, I do merchant fulfilled, right? I do FBA. I have a 3PL. All my orders come in from all my different sales channels, and they get automatically exported to my 3PL. Okay. All my FBA orders are coming in because we're tracking them for analytics and profitability, right? But the 3PL process is all automated. My purchase order process 
Actually, we have something called PO, artificial intelligence, that will automatically create a PO for you awaiting your approval with a nice bow on top. Oh, nice. So not only did I automate my pick and pack process, but I automated all these low-value repetitive tasks Mm. with Stubana, where I literally run a $10 million business today, and I sell a lot of filters to get there. Think about my average order value is like 14 bucks. Yeah, yeah. So we sell... And we have all these complex issues, and we're using one platform to automate it. And I have one employee in the United States running wow. this business. Wow! How does that? How, real, real quick. I mean, and this is a little, uh, just a little, uh, you know, selfish. Uh, I just kind of wanted to, to know this. Like, how how do you all of a sudden one day say I'm going to create this software from scratch to basically, uh, you know, start to you know basically simplify my business? I mean, that's a that's a pretty complex task itself. It is. And I know um, we don't have a whole nother hour for this, but just, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, curious, quickly, like quickly, one day you, you wake up one morning, you're like, I'm going to fix my own problem. Like, like how does that happen? You know what I mean? I mean, there, there had to be connections. You had to have a developer or maybe you found the developer or had someone else that, that knew how to kind of line that stuff up. It all comes down to a problem, right? I found this problem where there's all these expensive softwares that take a percentage of revenue to run your business, especially if you're selling across multiple marketplaces. And I knew there had to be a better way, right? There had to be one platform that was just out of the box where you can just start running your business in, in one place in, in, in a matter of seconds. Mm. And so I found the problem. I kind of fell in my lap. I told my friend from college about this problem. He, his best friend, he met on the tennis court and he told him about this issue who turned out to be my partner, DJ at Stubana. We co-founded this business together and then we started solving the problem, right? Like it. we and then we ha- we actually got the the one of our biggest investors is uh, an ex Amazonian uh, who came in and understood the problem we were solving and was like you're right every other software is inferior I trust that you guys are going to build the right solution and the next thing you have it is I'm running a massive software business for large large sellers like myself and Deathwish wow that's crazy that's I, I just love hearing how it all kind of comes you know kind of to fruition I mean it's like a lot of things have to line up, but you know, the other thing is, is that's where you, those connections, you just don't know where they're going to lead you down the road. And I think right there just proves that, you know, you didn't have necessarily the know-how, but you had a connection that you pitched an idea to that you had, maybe I'd like to do this. And they're like, oh, I, I know someone, or I can do this. Or, um, so I just want people to understand too, you know, where you're starting today doesn't mean where you're going to end up, you know, in the future. I mean, there's always things that are going to lead, lead us down our path. I mean, me being on this podcast wasn't because I just decided to create a podcast. It was just because one thing led to the other where I wanted to create it for my own needs in the beginning, just to learn more about this business. Um, so really just interesting to hear how stories kind of, you know, bring people through that, uh, you know, their journey. Um, okay, cool. That is awesome. So, and we're going to link all this stuff up on the show notes so everyone can, uh, can check out, uh, you know, your software, um, if they're interested, obviously it is for a medium to a large size business, but when you get there, it's definitely there for you. Um, and then let's, uh, just wrap up with, uh, talking a little bit about the book that I mentioned in, in the beginning. And, uh, then we can talk about how people can grab a copy of that. So what made you want to write this book? Well, I started teaching in New York uh, about three years ago at General Assembly. And again, something fell into my lap. After I, a, a student took my class, she was like, you need a book. And I was like, I do? She's like, yeah, you, like, a book is the new, the new business card. You need yeah. a book. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't have the time to do it. And she's like, I have a guy that will work with you on putting together all of this into a, into, into a uh, one co- coherent uh, 
masterpiece. Yeah. And, and we did like, I just fell into it again and I, I just have a hard time saying no. Yeah. Yeah. To business opportunities. Yeah. No. And I, I agree. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't want to give because, you know, because they're not receiving something on the other end right away. And I'm a big believer of giving way more before you, you ever receive. And, you know, who knows, you know, uh, how many are going to read your book or download your book, but there's going to be some that are going to come through that are going to, you know, either reach out to you for, for help and then your software will help them. Or maybe it's just going to be that next connection that you didn't know about. That's for your next project three, five, 10 years from now. Yeah. Um, you never know. You just Reciprocity never know. is such a strong thing. Oh, it, it really is. It really is. So in, in a, in a nutshell, what does the book cover? I just touched, I just kind of scratched the surface, but what, what is the main goal for the book? If someone reads it? The main goal is really to take people through my three-step process, which is discovery, validation, and execution on building a brand across multiple channels. Mm, I like it. That's like my 10-second pitch. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Right, right to the point, and it makes a lot of sense. So um, where can people find the book? I mean, I'll link it up too, but where could people go if they wanted to, to jump over there right now? Yeah, so it's called Cheaper, Easier, Direct. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's 99 cents. I have a physical copy that I can send to people as well. I'm waiting to get approved on Amazon to, to sell actually paperback books, believe it or not. I have to wait for that process. <laughs> know, but it's right? on Amazon, Cheaper, Easier, Direct. And it's really everything that I've had to struggle through and go through to, and all the mistakes that I've made to build my business. Yeah, no, it's great. And like I said, I mean, uh, you know, the, a lot of the things that I pulled away and I think is, is the critical part, and I think you would agree, right? Product research, product, uh, you know, discovery, all of that, I think is, it's, it's really like one of the main things that you need to do. Cause if you screw that up, everything else that you do isn't really going to matter. I mean, it really does come down to picking the right market to, or your products to market or to, to send to that market, you know, and to figure out those problems inside of that market. Um, and I think you laid out really, really well in the book and you did here on the podcast. I want to thank you once again. So Chad, is there any last little bits of advice you'd like to give anyone, especially people that are maybe just getting started or maybe have been, you know, going at this thing, but they're just feeling like they're at a plateau. Like what would you say to someone, uh, you know, in that, in that phase? I would say look at vulnerabilities across your life and your business. Uh, and so you look at those vulnerabilities and actually try to execute on them based on those problems that you're trying to solve. And the, the Amazon world and the community does not need another spatula. So really, <laughs> I, I, or, or like a silicon mat or a silpat mat, like you, you just don't need it. And so try to solve something where there is an actual problem and there's not tons of copycats that allow you to have a defensive position going forward. Yeah, I, I love it. Hey, Chad, this has been awesome. I could talk again for hours on this stuff. You know that, and I'm sure we will again in the future. So I just want to thank you once again. I know the TAS audience is thanking you as well. Ton of knowledge bombs uh, that you dropped here today, and I want to thank you, and I think everyone should go out and grab a copy of your book. I think it's uh, it's definitely going to enlighten people and also open their eyes to, uh, to a different way of thinking about finding products and then launching uh, an e-commerce business. So thanks again, Chad. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for being you. Hey, no problem, bud. Thanks. Take All care. Right, thanks. All right. So there you go. Another great interview. And it's always really interesting to kind of get behind the scenes look of a bigger business. Not that you want to maybe get to that level right now. Maybe that's just too big for you to even wrap your head around. I know for me, it gets a little 
overwhelming to think about all of the different channels that he's managing, but he has created a software tool that, uh, that takes care of that problem. But of course you got to have the products and you got to have the infrastructure to kind of get that stuff going. But we really did cover a lot of, of things there. And I think the Walmart thing, right? The being able to go and launch your product on a, on a site like Walmart as another channel, that's a big golden nugget right there. So I want to thank Chad for that. And again, definitely go check out his book. I've definitely went through it. It's got some really great nuggets in there for you as well. Uh, you know, he's kind of laying it out there as far as like what he would do to really start over in a sense and then build another brand. And it's really kind of neat to hear uh, how someone would do it uh, at, at his caliper and ha- at his level. So uh, definitely go out and uh, and grab that. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. Uh, you can uh, get the show notes by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 234 and you can grab the transcripts and the show notes all over there. So definitely head over and check them out. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 234 and all the links to everything we discussed will be there. All right. And then lastly, I want to remind you that if you wanted to attend one of our upcoming live workshops, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to follow me on Periscope or on Snapchat, just go search me in one of those platforms and you'll find me. Snapchat's a little different. It's at Scott Volker one and then Periscope is just at Scott Volker. So yeah, I'm just kind of randomly over there hanging out with people. So it's kind of fun. And if you guys want to uh, see a little bit more of the behind the scenes of what I'm doing on a regular basis, um, definitely those are the platforms I'll be doing that. It's really, really awesome to be able to connect with a lot of you there. So uh, yeah, that's it guys. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to you have to come on say it with me say it loud say it proud i am so pumped today take action have an awesome amazing day and i'll see you right back here on the next episode now go get them